This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 28th of July. In your Squiz today, America and Iraq, Sydney's lockdown extended, Tesla's big profits and golden potato chips. This is your Squiz today. US President Joe Biden has confirmed that American forces will stop their combat mission to Iraq by the end of the year. In a meeting with the Prime Minister of Iraq, Mustafa al-Kadimi, yesterday, however, he confirmed that the US will maintain some presence there through training and advising of Iraqi forces in their fight against Islamic State jihadists. It's been a long involvement in Iraq, Claire, going back to 2003, Saddam Hussein and weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, WMD weapons of mass destruction that was talked about quite Mm. a bit at the time, uh, as were plans from then US President George W. Bush and UK Prime Minister Tony Blair and their plans uh, to invade Iraq. Of course, after those terror attacks of 9-11 in 2001, there was a lot of things happening in that region. Uh, Iraq then became the centre of attention because of those fears that Hussein uh, harboured plans on unleashing hell on the West. Of course, they got there and those weapons didn't exist. But what happened after the Hussein regime was overthrown, uh, there was more instability. US troops eventually withdrew in 2011, but they were back in 2014 thanks to the rise of Islamic State. Uh, They've been there ever since. And as you say, uh, what Joe Biden says is that some troops will stay on, uh, not only to train Iraqi forces and to help them out in that regard, but also to stop a new reappearance of Islamic State. 18 years on, the situation is still very complicated, those fears of a revival of Islamic State. This move from Biden is part of a wider shift of the US's focus away from terrorism in the Middle East towards threats like China and cyber warfare. Yeah, it really is that shift that was highlighted by former President Donald Trump. Uh, Ending these forever wars was something that he got a lot of support for and it's something that Joe Biden is continuing. Australia, of course, was involved in that 2003 invasion of Iraq. There are still 300 Australian troops and diplomats in Iraq. Last year, Prime Minister Scott Morrison confirmed that they would stay there at this stage to help counter Islamic State. Overall, 4,000 US, 179 British and four Australians have died in Iraq during this period of conflict. Checking in on COVID news, Claire, and the papers are this morning reporting that Greater Sydney's lockdown will be extended by another four weeks. Yeah, we hear from Premier Gladys Berejiklian at about 11 o'clock these days. So it's always on the dot. (laughs) So it seems that there's some uh, expectations management when it comes to that widespread Mm. reporting this morning that Sydney, uh, the Central Coast, Blue Mountains, Shell Harbour and Wollongong uh, will have that lockdown extended and uh, those living there will spend the better part of August in lockdown. That is very bad news, of course, for Mm -hmm. those who are going 
going through it, but what experts say is that it's going to be required with those numbers in New South Wales not coming down. Uh, Yesterday, 172 new local cases were reported. That's the highest of the outbreak. Uh, 79 of those were out and about during their infectious period, so it's not trending in the right direction yet. No. Further restrictions on movements aren't expected, but stand by on what it means for schools, rapid testing and a potential singles bubble. Other states, though, this morning are waking up with a bit more freedom today. Victoria, South Australia and those parts of central west New South Wales that went into a snap lockdown are all out of official lockdown. Some restrictions will remain, however, around masks, home visits, people per square metre. Really shows how wary decision makers are of this Delta variant. Over to Hong Kong now, and the first person who has been charged under the new national security laws imposed upon the territory by China has been found guilty. To refresh, the formerly autonomous territory has seen elements of democracy stripped away from it as China clamps down on freedom of speech, freedom of protest and democratic election processes. This trial, without a jury, is one more step away from democracy. Yeah, Tong Ying Kit is his name. He's a 24-year-old waiter. He was one of the many millions who took part in those big protests in 2019. Specifically, what he did was ride his motorbike into a group of police while he was carrying a flag that had the words Liberate Hong Kong on it. What he was charged with was inciting secession and also terrorism, and that's what he's been found guilty of. He now faces life in prison and he'll be sentenced at a later time. Uh, But of course, what those who are looking very closely at this say is that it's just another sign that any sort of freedoms that Hong Kong has had are well and truly gone. And this guilty verdict is significant because it could set the tone for how future cases under the national security law might be interpreted. There are more than 100 people who have also been charged under those laws for taking part in those pro-democracy protests. Elon Musk is in the news again, not for any space adventures this time, but for the record profit posted by his company Tesla, the maker of electronic vehicles. A US $1.12 billion profit for the April to June quarter, Claire. That's a lot of electric cars. It's a lot of electric cars. They have doubled their sale of those cars uh, when you compare it to the same quarter last year. They sold 200,000 in that quarter that's just gone. So they're making pretty good money off sales. They're also making pretty good money off selling regulatory credits to other car makers. So, of course, what that means is that um, what they do have in this sort of emissions trading world is the ability to sell uh, to other car makers, and that's what they've done. They actually made more off-selling of those regulatory credits than they did off-making cars. <laughs> um, just to give some sort of context, though, to Tesla, they're valued at more than $600 US billion when it comes to the share market. Um, compare that to car giant General Motors, which sold 700,000 cars in the same quarter. They're valued at just 80 billion dollars. So Tesla certainly does have this halo around it when it comes to investors. Yeah, that US $633 billion valuation of Tesla is just huge. We actually take a look at Elon Musk in this week's Squiz Shortcut. He's a pretty intriguing guy. That episode is out tomorrow. 
We always have a weather eye out for goings-on in the land of the potato. Big potato fans here at the Squiz. <laughs> the New York restaurant that has an 8 to 10 week wait list for their potato product definitely caught our eye. What's the deal here, Claire? Uh, they're officially the world's most expensive hot chips. Um, <laughs> they are sprinkled with edible gold. Uh, they're cooked in champagne and they're sprinkled with truffles, uh, which means that just a plate of them is $271. <laughs> uh, and look, Larissa, there's, I've not ever met a potato I didn't like, so I don't know if you need to go all, to all that trouble for me. No, the only edible gold I need on my chips is chicken salt. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> the best. As far as endeavours go, Claire, the attempt by a man to walk in a bubble over water hasn't quite gone as he planned. <laughs> I just love this. His name is Reza Bellucci. Uh, what he wanted to do was inspire the world and show people that anything you want to do, you can do it. And he was going to walk in this inflatable bubble from Florida to New York when he <laughs> launched it yesterday. Uh, just to, if you need some evidence that the universe is pretty snarky, uh, he ended up being blown 50 kilometres in the wrong direction. (laughs) And washed ashore. It's 2021 in a nutshell right there, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, you think you're going ahead. You think you're being inspiring and overcoming all these things and you're just sent backwards. And you're not. I'll pop a link to that one in your episode notes. Squeeze the day. Claire, what are you keeping an eye out for? Uh, Today, 11.41 to be exact, it's back Mm -hmm. to the Olympics and swimming. Ariane Titmus is taking on Katie Ledecky again, this time in the 200 metres freestyle final. Fingers and toes and everything crossed for Ariane there. Of course, for all of your quickfire Olympics updates, stay tuned for the Tokyo Sprint. We also have a list of the events to watch in the Squiz Today email. Away from sport, though, it was on this day in 1900 that the hamburger was invented. So there's your lunch for today sorted to commemorate that very important fact. That's all from us today. Have a good one and we'll be back with you tomorrow. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP.